This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Monday, 27 November in the year of our Lord, 2023. Today, we're absolutely packed. We're going to go, uh, we're going to talk about and go to Israel and then talk about international affairs, national security, global affairs, tie it directly back to the polling of uh, President Trump. Richard Barris is going to join us for that. Then, because we're about a year out, uh, I, I specifically reached out over the holiday weekend to uh, folks on the ground in Arizona and Georgia and in Pennsylvania. And they're going to come on the show this morning to talk about voter integrity and how we, with all this great polling and all the, this, uh, um, uh, the issue set being directly in President Trump's wheelhouse, how do we avoid having a replay of 2020 and having this election stolen? And so in Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, we'll have folks on the ground there to tell us exactly what's going on and some deep, deep concerns that are happening, particularly with the RNC being essentially broke. Big story in the Washington Post this morning. Before I go to Israel, uh, I want to say the on the 18th, I think it was the morning of the 18th of September, we passed $33 trillion as the face amount of our national debt, $33 trillion. We calculate right now, as we say here this morning, on the uh, 27th of November, we're basically at $33.8 trillion. We've added $800 billion uh, in just over 60 days. Our calculation, and we're working with E.J. and Tony on this, but we calculate right now, by the 28th of December, we will pass $34 trillion. We will essentially have added $1 trillion, $1 trillion of debt uh, to the national debt, the face amount of it, uh, within 100 days. It, absolutely uh, incredible. Every decision we have, as we say going forward, has to have that as Damocles' sword above future generations. Uh, let's start in Israel. Then we're going to get Richard Barrison here on some numbers. We've got Real America's Voice, the intrepid Tara Dahl. Tara, where are you uh, this afternoon? It's this afternoon uh, in um, in Israel. Where are you, and who is our guest? Okay, we have a little technical problem like that. Let's go ahead and reboot. Let's search reboot Tara. We had her on the. Uh, let's go ahead and reboot because uh, we've got live pickup from Israel. Let's go ahead and reboot, and uh, let me bring in Richard Barris. To keep things moving, Richard, um, today I want to go through. You've you've gone forward with this Rust Belt polling, and I think you've got four of the states finished. There's a couple more states you're out of the field. You will be you will be announcing. Walk through your findings first off, because some of these numbers are blowing me away yeah. uh, at, at the spread. Now I understand it. There's a huge lesson here also that the establishment Republicans do not listen to the guys like Richard Barris. There's a part of the population that's going to come out and vote for Donald J. Trump, and they're just not going to vote. They're not going to come out. These are these are um, uh, tough voters to get out. 
uh, and they come out for Trump. I think your I think your uh, your your theory of age and race is supporting that. Walk me through just overall on the Rust Belt. Uh, where are we? Yeah, age and race is the real theme throughout the Rust Belt. Uh, that that's what it comes down to. And I know you're going to bring someone on from Israel, and there's some part about you know foreign affairs that's having an impact here, Steve, because it really just plays to the overall theme that we're hearing from people, which is that. Things were calm uh, abroad when Donald Trump was president, and at home uh, there was prosperity. So, uh, you know, he did the job well. So now they have someone to compare Joe Biden to, and it's recent, and it's in their, you know, their memory. So there are people that, um, you know, that only come out for Donald Trump, and then there is the voter remorse aspect to this. But where does it come? Where, Where are we seeing it? It's in those two demographics that I just keep hammering on, age and race, age and race. And I was all over social media um, when we put out Ohio and showing people on the map, who is the Trump or bus voter? Where are these people? One I pointed to is Shelby County, rural 38, never voted before until 2016. Uh, he's not religious. He's not particularly religious. He didn't have a high school degree. Uh, he didn't have a uh, college degree. He makes decent money, 50 to 100K as a single guy in Ohio, but he does not vote for anybody but Donald Trump. The vote history is in their demographic profile. He voted in 16 for the first time, ignored 18, came out in 20, ignored 22. They're everywhere, Steve. And they're, they're every almost, you know, every age group. And they don't come out when Trump is not on the ballot. And they need to pay attention to this uh, because, you know, thinking long term, Donald Trump's not going to be around forever. Ohio, by the way. Yeah, if we bring this up right now, this is Iowa, uh, which we released. Donald Trump ticked up about a point since our last poll in Iowa. DeSantis fell a little bit. This is just the caucus, by the way, the Republican caucus. He fell a little bit. And I can tell you exactly where that came from. The attacks on Nikki Haley from his super PAC, that's what we, we heard this incessantly during this poll. It was, you know, we, we're just tired of them turning their fire on everybody that they think is a threat. Tell us what Ron DeSantis is going to do. Tell us why we should take a risk with Ron DeSantis. Because when we, again, uh, the former president is way ahead. But even in the general election, uh, it is this is not a battleground state. I mean, Trump won Ohio and Iowa both eight, nine points, uh, two times. This time around, it's no different. But DeSantis, it's close. So voters have this feeling. I know Trump can carry my state. He's done it before. Tell me why I should take a risk on you. And so far, all they're getting is attacks. So DeSantis actually felt. I want to. I want to make. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I want to make sure. Let's go. We're a little bit out of order, but let's go. Let's stay with this. Let's stay with Iowa. And that's okay. Let's stay with Iowa in the in the primary. Um, Seventy percent. Correct me if I'm wrong. Trump's got a huge lead. DeSantis has not. And and Karl Rove. And I put it up on Getter, and everybody should be yeah. following me on Getter that wants to get a more immersive experience on the show because I'm putting stuff up all the time. Carl Rove on the Murdoch News Network, I think it was on Friday, put out a warning, put a shot across DeSantis' bow from old man Murdoch and said, you have to win in Iowa or your campaign is over, right? Yeah. And that's essentially telling the donors you're going to have to get back in Nikki Haley for, for New Hampshire. What percentage – tell the audience, what percentage of Iowa caucus goers – are immovable from Trump. Yeah, and we asked this in the primary states as well, but this is what we're calling core candidate support. It's up there on the press release. People want to check it out. 
It's not just that Trump has a historically high lead, Steve. It's how it's the percentage of his supporters who say they they're immovable. I cannot be persuaded to change my mind. That's 70 percent in Iowa. So, folks, his core support is just under 40 percent. When you ask that of Ron DeSantis, uh, only about three in 10. So about 30 percent of his voters say that they're immovable. That gives him a core support of about five percent. And Nikki Haley's even worse. It's two in 10. So when you see these polls being released and they're, they're just shuffling the bottom deck, Steve, that's all they're doing. They're shuffling the bottom of the deck. It, just to give people an idea of how significant that is historically, w- right about this time, when George W. Bush was leading the Iowa caucuses in 1999, 20% of his supporters said they could not be persuaded. And he wound up winning the Iowa caucuses with a little bit over 40% of the vote. That's it. So we're talking about a historically huge lead. It doesn't really matter who is endorsing who. Um, it's tough for any candidate uh, to put together, even if it was a two-way head-to-head. Hang you know, on, it's tough for them to put that hang together. On. You're saying, are you saying Vanderplatz? Here's the thing: in, in days gone by, Vanderplatz yeah. endorsing a candidate would 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 take the political news cycle for a week. Yeah, I mean, this thing sure. kind of came and went and didn't really have much much coverage. Did it have any impact on the numbers you're seeing, the, the, the Vanderplatz being the head of one of the largest evangelical groups in Iowa? Did it have any impact? No, and here's why. Neither did Kim Reynolds, and here's why. Voters aren't dumb. We're in a totally different era now, Steve. Voters know and knew and have known for a while that Kim Reynolds supports Ron DeSantis, that Bob Vanderplatz supports Ron DeSantis, that all these other social media influencers who are, you know, apparently, you know, a deal in Iowa support Ron DeSantis. It's, this is not news to them. So it doesn't matter how many new press releases you craft, how many new ads you do. Voters are well aware of who is supporting who in this race. So it's not going to make this big of a splash like in the past it may have. Uh, and again, the, even in 2016, for those who don't know, weren't on the ground and don't remember, even in 2016, there needed to be a little bit of a last-minute dirty trick to get Cruz over that hump. All right, and that was what they did to Ben Carson. That was only a few points, Steve. You know, when you're talking about organization, how much can endorsements and organization move the needle? Sure, could could Ron DeSantis outperform? You know, our poll, him move from 16, 17 percent to the low 20s, mid 20s, even. Sure, organization can do that. It cannot erase 35 point leads. All right, that's just not reality. It's time for everybody to come back to planet Earth. I mean, I'm, it, this is very difficult okay. for me to listen to every day. <laughs> it really is. It's crazy. Well, yes. Well, I mean, they're push. They're pushing. And now uh, I'll I'll talk later about Nikki Haley because that's all about the donor class coming together to consolidate basically sure. the fifteen to twenty percent of the never Trump vote. I think it's closer to fifteen, maybe ten. But to then force her on the ticket in July. But let's leave that for a minute. I want to go back to these blowout numbers. Ohio plus 14, Iowa plus 10, Pennsylvania plus 4, Michigan plus 4 or 5. What are the underlying trends? Is this they're comparing the job? It's not theoretical. Nikki Haley, what I'm going to do or – Yeah, that's right. Robert F. Kennedy, what I'm going to do. People can actually compare and contrast what a guy did – Versus what the other guy did, they weigh and measure it, and and, and this is is that or is that um, mantra of peace and prosperity under in President Trump's first term, is that what's driving these numbers? 
again, every demographic has their own niche, but that is the overall theme. In Ohio, take Ohio, for instance, there's only two regions in the state of Ohio where Joe Biden won. Joe Biden's now at 35 percent approval in the state of Ohio. That is a complete and total collapse for any Democratic president. Uh, No matter how much it shifted to the right in recent years, let's not forget, folks, Obama beat Romney not that long ago in the state of Ohio. He beat McCain not that, you know, four years before that. This is a very different kind of Ohio because the party is fighting. It's having an identity crisis. And under Donald Trump, it is a much better brand. It's a much better fit for Ohio. The entire Ohio River Valley, uh, especially in the north that used to be uh, Obama country, Ashtabula, areas like that, counties like that, is now 100 percent Trump country. It doesn't mean it's 100 percent Republican country. Because the leads that you see from Trump are different than leads, even if another Republican candidate has, you know, a couple of points over Biden in that state. That's coming from a much different Trump's coalition. Yeah, you should look at this because look at how Trump boxes Biden into Toledo, right? He's got him boxed into Cuyahoga. No other Republican wins Ohio like that. So you really have to ask, how is that happening? Even when Summit looks very, very close. And that's because of the age and race issue. Another Republican who may have a few point lead, Steve, and even some of these polls with Nikki Haley doing great. That is, I'm telling you, that lead is fake. And that's driven by white voter turnout that will never materialize. You need a much more diverse coalition if you're going to win the urban and excerpts uh, that we're seeing Trump perform in the way he is. So again, w- black voter support now in Ohio is you know, mid-teens to, uh, to touching 20%. I think he was at 9% in our final poll in Ohio in 2020. It's the movement. White voters are still a 20% margin as they were in 2020. The movement is coming from younger voters and non-white voters, most of it. And that's a big deal. So yeah. Joe Biden only leads in one region. He leads in Cuyahoga. He's even he's even down in Cincinnati area. It's big. Hang on for one second. I'm going to hold you. Um, yep, we here. got more to go through. We're also going to go to Arizona. Seth Keschel's out there. We're going to talk about uh, developments there on the ground that we have to understand. Um, this uh, The age and race, particularly Hispanic men and African-American men, are coming to the Trump cause, the Trump movement. You actually have people under 30, under 35, as we say, hey, they're nothing more than Russian serfs. A trillion dollars of debt added within 100 days. You think we're crushing people under 30, 35 years old? All this theoretical talk about deficits is now really coming home to roost in people's lives. Inability to get a mortgage, credit card debt, putting them in bankruptcy. Can't get an auto loan. Um, You know, can't run an apartment because the rent's too high. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the war in a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do with more spending. While lawmakers are high fiving, your savings account continues to lose value. Because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon 
to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, the House is back, I think, tomorrow. I think they get in tomorrow. Not Maybe they get back tonight and tomorrow's first day of work. Obviously, the 19th of January looms quite large. Big article, lead story in the Hill newspaper this morning. I've got it up on Getter about how there's going to be this massive fight. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to trade off. Well, a couple things are going to happen. I think, number one, you're going to see tremendous movement in an impeachment effort. I also think you're going to see tremendous movement on things regarding January 6th. These are not shiny toys. They're not trying to misdirect you, but they will take pressure off Speaker Johnson. Let's be realistic. The math is still all important. Remember, we're going to be at $34 trillion. $34 trillion by the end of this year. Basically, around the 28th of December, if my calculations are correct, and they haven't been too shabby to date. That's what nobody wants to talk about. 100 days. Added another trillion dollars. It's the law of large numbers now. This is why you're having, this is why the Ukraine thing, forget about it. This is why even the Israeli support has to come with concomitant cuts somewhere. This is going to drive everything. And Speaker Johnson is going to be back. And they're going to try to trade off some policy changes on the border for a Ukrainian package and also for not, you know, having $200 billion versus $120 billion. None of that's good enough. We need massive cuts. We need, a, we need a realistic adult plan, and we need it now. Make sure you go to birchgold.com. Uh, get the uh, end of the dollar empire. The, the, all the installments are free. We've done four. We're working on five. But particularly get the third installment about the debt trap. Make sure you understand the nomenclature. Make sure you understand the process. Make sure you understand we put this out before the debt ceiling fight. We were 100% correct on that. And it'll be um, something that you need to man the ramparts. Also, check to the guys over at uh, men and women over at Birch Gold to ask them why gold has been a hedge for 5,000 years of recorded history. Just check that out. Get, get their answer. And have a, uh, a hot cup of uh, Warpath coffee. Warpath uh, coffee. Contemplate what the answer is from Philip Patrick and the team. It's the way I get jacked up in the morning with Warpath coffee to come in here. Uh, breathing fire every day in the world. Warpath.coffee slash worm. You get your promo code. You get your discounts. Okay, um, I want to go back to Barris. Barris, uh, these numbers, and I want to make sure the audience understands the importance of these numbers, like in Ohio at plus 14, at Iowa plus 10. I believe you told us a couple of weeks ago, Florida was plus 7 or 8. This creates, this is what happened in 16, when we got a little bit of spread in Ohio. It allowed us to spend time in Pennsylvania, to spend time in Michigan, to spend time in Wisconsin. Of course, President Trump. Even back in 16 was saying, Steve, I think we can get Minnesota. He was 100% correct. I think we lost it by under one, one percentage, and we only went there one time because we just couldn't carve out time. But it was the ability of Ohio to get a spread that allowed us to do that. Here you're seeing it. Um, 
is that your theory, too, that this will I mean, Trump's obviously got to go there, got to visit, got to have a ground game, all of it. But it'll create opportunities to go to Wisconsin, to go to Michigan and even pick up a state maybe like Minnesota. If you, it, Steve, if you're leading by 12, 14 points in Ohio and you know solid leads in uh, Iowa and you don't want to turn your back on Pennsylvania and Michigan, those two are always just tough. But it allows you to go to Minnesota, which I do think he can win. And we have Minnesota coming up and then people are going to be stunned. It's the you know the one uh, state that we polled in the big six where Biden isn't down and getting blown out. But if you're up this much in Ohio and, and you're up this much in other, these other states, you can go to Winoa and win back Winoa County. Right next door is Olmstead. A lot of votes in that area in southeastern uh, Minnesota. You can go to Washington and Dakota where you were in the mid-40s and try to swing a lot of votes in those. There huge numbers of votes just in that area of Minnesota alone and also tells us that if you're doing this well with some of these demographics and I put up some of them uh, before, you know, 70 percent white working class. If you're doing that well with some of these demographics, you're going to be killing it in the iron range. And we also did ethnicity, which people haven't seen yet. Um, But I mean, ethnicity as in national origin. Uh, There was, you know, in 2016, uh, the former president did just did a ton better uh, with, you know, certain groups like Norwegians and other Scandinavians. So we see that now again, that opportunity is there. So it's about right. It's about time. And yeah, Trump was up by eight points in Florida in our last Florida poll. Um, Look, that's his home state. I'm not saying ignore it, but he's going to win Florida in a landslide. It's not going to be close. Okay. Hang on for one second. I'm going to come back and do some more analytics. But I understand on the top of mind of this audience is, hey, Steve, I, I see the issue set. I see global, you know, on the global stage, Trump obviously comes out better as a man of peace and prosperity. Uh, I understand Richard Barris and other people we have on here about the polls. But how are you going to stop the steal? We've gone through this exercise before where you got 74 million votes and it was stolen. So today I want to start and we're going to do Arizona Pennsylvania and Georgia. And we're going to go back and do this in detail until we make sure that people are, are comfortable that folks are on top of it. Let's talk, start with Seth Kessel. Uh, Seth, uh, people are very familiar about your analytics, about how you've looked at the 2020 uh, steal. Walk me through Arizona. I, I've got Master Sergeant uh, uh, Donna with you, who I'm going to bring in a second. But walk me through what's the situation out in Pinal County. Well, good morning, Steve. Good to be back on with you. Pinole County, there's been a lot of exposure here in the last week, and most of the big names in Arizona and nationally have put the report out from the think tank Conelrad, which is an association of retired intelligence professionals, most of them not known to the public, who are producing relevant information about the state of political affairs today. Now, Pinal County last year in the 2022 primaries, there was a significant event that happened, which ultimately resulted in the termination of the elections director, David Frisk. He had two major errors. The first one was the mailing out of 63,000 ballots for the primary, mostly impacting the Republican race, which had the wrong municipal races printed on one side of the ballot. So you've got statewide races on one side, municipal races on the other. Those voters were told to vote the statewide races and that they would get replacement municipal ballots, which resulted in a fiasco of more people going to the polls than expected on election day for the primary, which was August the 2nd. And they had a shortage of Republican-only ballots. Now, looking at the turnout numbers, that's a complete fiasco because there were 55,000 total ballots between both parties certified in 2018 and 77,000 certified in 2022, which, of course, you have a 
expectation of, of, of a turnout increase due to the population gain in Pinal County, but also because of the contested Republican races with people like Terry Lake and Abraham Hamaday, Mark Fincham at the top of the ticket. There was a deep dive investigation at the county level with the Board of Supervisors and the county attorney, Kent Volkmer, to figure out why the election, the primary election this is, was such a disaster. And that produced a very large publicly sourced document, which Master Sergeant Donna is going to get into, that showed the inner debates about the county election was nothing short of a disaster, too, because they've done everything they can to hide transparency, to keep transparency away from the public, especially the growing segment, as we heard Richard talk about, who are concerned about the direction of elections in our country. We have... Okay, Seth, 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 hang on for one second. I just Hang on, slow down. I just want people to know throughout the nation, correct me if I'm wrong, Pinal County has five supervisors. All those supervisors are Republicans. I mean, this is about, you got Cochise, Mojave, I understand you got some others, but this is about as Republican a county as one could hope for in the country, right, with demographics, voting patterns, and particularly it's a five-man supervisory board. They're all Republicans. So... How could this happen in something that the Republicans control, sir? It's an extremely important county. Pima and Maricopa counties, that would be Tucson and Phoenix generally, cast seven out of every nine votes in the state. So Pinal County is a 60-40 a type Republican county. It is growing and is continuing to expand in its Republican registration advantage. But in the proceedings at the Board of Supervisors, you have one supervisor, Supervisor Surdy, recommending before primary day on August 2nd, they go ahead for the sake of transparency and hand count all the ballots to make sure that there's nothing going on with the machines, to make sure that there's no issues there with the mail-in voting. And of course, you know, signature verification up the road in Maricopa County is a complete travesty as Carrie Lake's lawsuits put put out on the table for everybody to see. One of the more concerning issues in the aftermath of this is that Coppersmith Brockman, a very prominent law firm in Arizona, was brought in to analyze the 2022 primary results. And they've got ties to Perkins Coy. They also have ties to Katie Hobbs, who had one of their attorneys minimum on her transition team when she took over as Arizona Secretary of State in 2019. So attorney the attorney of Pinal County, Volkman, has a very serious conflict of interest here in bringing in this law firm to conduct the results, which, of course, showed that there was no mischief or wrongdoing or malfeasance in the race, which I think is a little bit up for debate. Why do you think it's up for debate? Because of the conflict of interest with the, with the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, in 2019, bringing in a law firm that led her transition and also employs per puts uh, attorneys out to Perkins Coy. I think that it's a very, especially with what we've seen with the county supervisors, concealing transparency, and then to have a report come back to say the election was on the up and up and that there was no real issue there, even though transparency was deprived from our view, I think is is why we would go in that but, direction. But, but, but for our, we're going to go to break and hold you guys. We'll bring uh, Master Sergeant Jack Donna back too. Um, but for people that are saying, hey, Arizona may be the most important state, you know, in, in 2024. Are, are you convinced is this fiasco in the primary with a Republican controlled with supervisors? Is this been fixed? Transparency or not? Is are you led to believe this is fixed? We get about 30 seconds. Has this been fixed or is this still another fiasco? Arizona's a complete fiasco, especially with Maricopa County controlling more than 60 percent of the vote. 
Transparency is key. Arizona is ground zero for the election integrity crisis, and it has been since 2018. So many of the ballots are going through mail. The signature verification process is completely garbage in Maricopa, at least. Pima County is not a whole lot better. So are things better? In some ways, there's been so much exposure of what's going on in Arizona, but there's a lot of work to be done there. And it's not just contained in Maricopa and Pima counties, which is very important as we review the Pinal findings from Connell Red. Okay, hang on for one second. We're going to hold both of you guys come back. I think we've got a technical issue worked out in Israel. We're going to get back to Tara Dahl uh, in the uh, IDF uh, kernel. Uh, we've also got Dr. Robert Epstein is going to join us uh, with about Google, how Google's trying to influence this. A lot to do, a lot of, a lot of wood to chop here this morning. Back in a moment. It's clear the unthinkable is here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us boldly every day. Something's clearly wrong. Time is short to become more self-reliant and secure. The future of you and your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness com- company. Let me repeat that. It's the country's largest preparedness company. They've been at this a long time. And they're more equipped than ever to stock your shelves. Their best-selling three-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. And right now, it's 200 bucks off. You get over 2,000 calories every day. Just add water, heat, and then eat. And remember, you get $200 off if you order today. Make sure every member of your family has a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com for the $200 savings. Be sure to order by 3 p.m. and your order ships free the same day. It's best to have emergency food and not need it than to need it and not have it. Take $200 off at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. It's the biggest preparedness company in the segment. Make sure you take advantage of their consultants. Go there today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, I want to make sure um, everybody knows we're going to talk about, I don't want to get you too upset, but I want to get you focused. We cannot let them steal this again. And you've got Mark Elias and these guys, they have very smart and very tough and very cunning people on their side. That's why 2020 turned out it was. I mean, Mark Elias put out the Transition Integrity Project. He was up in your grill, told you exactly how they were going to do it. It was Bill McGinley and Raheem Kassam uh, with the War Room platform that went after going, I think, in July and August when they put the document out to talk about it. So don't start, you know, don't, don't melt down right now about Maricopa and Arizona. My understanding from uh, sources is that President Trump and the team, Susie Wiles and others, are on top of this. Because remember, the RNC is essentially broke. The state parties, God bless them, don't have a lot of resources, so... There are efforts underway to get this thing sorted, but I want to highlight today Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. We're going to get to all that. To tie the um, – because remember, the the focus of President Trump's campaign is peace and prosperity. You had it for the four years under President Trump. You've got nothing but chaos, anarchy, uh, and uh, economic decline under Biden, you know, war and chaos. That, that is what this election is going to come down to. It's going to come down to an up or down vote on that. 
And that's why you're having many people that have not been to our cause and not been to our movement, particularly people under 30 or 35, particularly in, in, in huge, vast numbers, African-American and Hispanic males. So our coalition, this movement is growing. And it's growing because of the direct actions of Donald J. Trump. Now, obviously quite important to this is this war that's going on in the Middle East. I want to bring in Tara Dahl again. I think we've got a technical problem worked out. Tara, uh, where are you guys right now? Hi. Hi, Steve. We are in on the Gaza border right now. It's about less than a mile away from us. Um, and I'm here with Colonel Grisha Yagasovic. So Hey, before I go to the colonel, I just want to ask you, there's tremendous pressure here right now, Tara, on, uh, from the Biden uh, regime and from others for Israel to continue on with this hostage swipe, uh, swap, but particularly to call it, say this is now a ceasefire or a truce and to extend that out there. How's that playing in Israel? Israel is absolutely resolute. I've been talking to people on the ground, and they say that never before in Israel's history has there been such a unity in the, in the, in the goal and the determination to see Hamas completely el- eliminated. They know that they have to eliminate Hamas this time. They cannot agree to the ceasefire, a perpetual ceasefire that Biden is trying to pressure Israel into, Egypt and Qatar. They know that the only way that they can live in peace, and Netanyahu said it uh, yesterday when he was in Gaza, they will eliminate Hamas, even if the international community is is against them. Okay, but hang on. You, You had a color revolution in Israel for months and months and months that led up to this war with the same type of forces uh, arraigned against Netanyahu. And I'm not taking Netanyahu's side on this. I've got big problems with him, too. But you saw a color revolution going on, the same type of forces that were against President Trump. Now, this march you had, what, from Gaza to Jerusalem with the parents or the, 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 the relatives of the, of, the, of the hostages, plus the media in Israel is about 50-50, the way I look at it, of, of supporting more hostage negotiations, getting hostages out. If that takes a long-term ceasefire, so be it. What's your, what's your observations on that? Well, they absolutely, they prioritize life. So they prioritize the hostages first. They want to see the hostages released. But after that, they are resolute in eliminating Hamas. So they, they do want to see the hostages released, but they also will not quit until they see Hamas eliminated because they know they cannot be move back into their homes. You have over 200,000 Israelis right now from the south and the north that are evacuated from their homes, and they won't move back until that threat is eliminated. So, Colonel, let me ask you, how do you restart? If you continue on and, and they bleed out a few hostages every few days and you get another four or five days on that and they bleed out a few more, with the number of hostages, and what nobody's talking about is the is the characters that you guys are turning over back to the to the uh, Palestinians. How does it? How do you actually restart the type of intensity of warfare that we had leading up to this? This is exactly the problem. Uh, on one hand, all Israelis united; they want to see the hostages back home because we value lives. On the other hand, every day that this pause continues and uh, the idea or the, the, the goal that Hamas wants is that this pause will become a ceasefire. And this is something that I believe that and I understand that Israel should never accept uh, because it will be more difficult to renew the war again. 
again. And that's the whole thing here, the, the, the tense between life that we want to save and uh, the other thing is to eliminate Hamas. And as time goes by, it will be a little bit more difficult uh, to renew it again. Colonel, let, let me ask you, you in Israel and the IDF and Netanyahu and are calling it a pause. Here, I'm telling you, on CNN, and, oh, it's a truce, it's a, now a ceasefire, and Qatar negotiated this. So the United States, I don't think, in Israel were even actually that involved. It was Qatar, which is a nest of vipers and funds the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, you know, with the guys who live in there, $10 billion, and Hamas and the rest of the Muslim Brotherhood get their financing through there. So do you believe this is a ceasefire? Do you think this will continue? Well, first of all, Steve, you are a little bit polite, too polite. Uh, Qatar is a country that funds terror directly, first of all. This is uh, what they have been doing since 2014. And about ceasefires, we are actually in a ceasefire since May 2021, the last or the fourth round of escalation with Hamas. Uh, when it was ended, we implemented a ceasefire that Hamas evaluated uh, in October 7th, uh, that Saturday. And for us, this is a pause. Uh, the moment we will, uh, I don't know, fly, the IDF will fly to Egypt or Egyptians will come here and there will be a delegation and we will negotiate, it will go back and become a ceasefire again. But as I see it, uh, it's a pause, and it should stay a pause, and not more than that, until the IDF completes the mission and eliminates Hamas till the end. Steve, can I make one point in there? It's important to know what he sure, said. Sure, sure. What he was saying is that they've been basically on a ceasefire since May 2021, and look at what Hamas did during that ceasefire. It was a two- to three-year plan to plan for October 7th, and that's how they used their ceasefire. Exactly. Let me... but. It, it, Colonel, in, in terror, either one of you, um, how, if there's X amount of hostages left, I don't know, is there over 100 still left? If, it, if, it's, if, the, if it's 10 or 12 hostages every couple of days, they'll drag this thing out for a month or so, and they're re rearming and replenishing the entire time, particularly in the South. It, it, do I have that wrong? I just want to make sure we got the, the construct so the audience can understand what's happening here. Is that essentially... What's going on? I want to be very, very careful, careful with my answer, okay? It's a very delicate thing. Uh, from what we understand, and uh, this is why Israel demanded 10 a day, uh, maximum, maximum, if they will release 10 a day, they can reach to 9 to 10 days of a pause, not more than that. After that, it will be a different situation. Uh, a different reality, and I prefer not to uh, talk about it right now and explain the meaning of that. But uh, from uh, the understanding of I reading between the lines and uh, how negotiations uh, work, because I've been there, I've been doing that personally in my career, uh, it, it can last till uh, nine or ten days, not more than that. Colonel, can you uh, can you tell us? We hear uh, from all the reporting is that the South will actually be a tougher military situation than the North was, and the North has been pretty brutal. Is can you walk us through what what can we anticipate if this gets re, if it gets restarted, and let's assume it does? How tough is it going to be in the South? So I wanna I wanna explain uh, the, the the difficulties or the challenges, if I may say so, 
Uh, I would not say they are tough because they uh, ran away like rats uh, from the northern part of Gaza. And the IDF conquered the western part of Gaza, the heart of Gaza, the, the heart of the city. And then when the IDF reached to the eastern neighborhoods, such as Aiyah and Zaytun, uh, the pause started because of the pressure to release the, uh, the kidnapped civilians. Uh, meanwhile, let's not forget that almost one million people crossed to the south. So it would be very challenging to fight with the remains of Hamas uh, and all the ones who fled from Gaza while they are hiding in uh, civilian, okay, with civilians. Uh, uh, not only the, the original cities uh, like Hanunes and Rafah, but also uh, the ones that are in tents. So uh, probably the uh, number of casualties will be uh, too high and we will need, the IDF will need to make sure that the, the next move in the south will be dealt a little bit differently, you know, to be more precise, to minimize the number of civilians or, or the uninvolved civilians uh, in the war. That's, that, that's the biggest challenge. Colonel, is, is there any uh, momentum at all with Jordan or, or Egypt to take, at least on a temporary basis, the the uh, the citizens of southern Gaza, particularly the million that that came from the north, is there any 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 pathway there to get these civilians actually out of Gaza while the military operation goes on? Steve, you know I've been with the Palestinians uh, 27 years uh, out of my career at the IDF, and uh, the one thing that I learned and I saw it that the Arab world hates the Palestinians. Uh, and I'm uh, and, and I'm polite, uh, and you know I will I would expect the Arab world, you know, the countries that surround us, Egypt, Jordan, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, I can't say Lebanon because Lebanon is not the country anymore, and Syria also, but at least they to be there and to help their uh, families, friends, colleagues, brothers, whatever. And the first thing that they did, the first thing, uh, Egypt closed the border with concrete. Jordan did the same, and they threatened Israel that if Palestinians will cross to their lands, it will uh, bring the peace uh, agreement between Israel, Jordan, and Egypt to a risk. So I have no expectations from them. Uh, they know them better than we do, and they understand that it would be best that they will stay in Gaza and not cross to their lands. Wow. Uh, Colonel, is there any way, are you on Twitter or social media? How do we follow you? You can follow me. Just uh, Google me, GrishaYakubovich.com, uh, and you'll reach there, or through Tara. She did a great job. She found me. <laughs> Tara, what's your social media? We want to make sure that we get uh, his uh, website up so everybody can follow it. Uh, Tara, what's your social media? Tara underscore Dom on Instagram. I'm at Grisha Tara, great job. Uh, Tara's the... <laughs> Thank you, Colonel. Uh, Tara Zero, Real America's Voice. She'll be on the shows uh, throughout the day. Great reporting, Tara Dahl. Thank you very much. And, Colonel, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to return. Uh, Barris has got to bounce. We're going to get some more knowledge from Richard Barris. We're going to go back to Arizona uh, with the Master Sergeant, talk about a group that's uh, come together to actually drill down on this. Like I said, you're going to hear some things out of Pennsylvania and out of um, Georgia that are going to upset you. 
okay? And it's kind of, you know, to make sure that you're on point. We understand everybody is very, very, very concerned about a replay of 2020. And uh, nobody wants that to happen, and nobody's going to allow that to happen. But that's why we, a year out, we got to get on top of it and talk about, you know, facing facts. Some hard facts here. Like they're facing hard facts in Israel. Okay, short commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber specific laser bullet into your firearm and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, you saw the big news out of Silicon Valley with the Altman. This thing was all about artificial general intelligence and what we call the accelerationist that have now put the pedal to the metal. Joe Allen will be on this afternoon and tomorrow to go through more of that. But one of the important things is this artificial intelligence. Cybercrime is on the rise. Now, coupled with artificial intelligence, it's next level. Make sure you go to Home Title Lock today. Do not let someone get into your title, some cyber criminal. Take out a hard money loan at these second mortgage rates. Uh, you will rue the day that happens. So make sure to get that, check that box off. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Go check it out and do it today. Richard Barris, I know you're chomping at the bit. I've got Seth I'm going back to in Arizona. we got Sam Faddis and others in Pennsylvania. I've got Joe Hoff in Georgia, others to, to bring up some unpleasant details of where we stand in this. Your thoughts, sir? Well, first, you know, when you look at what happened in Northampton in Pennsylvania for the a couple weeks ago for the Supreme Court election, uh, that's something they do have to keep their eyes on because even Politico covered that for people who don't know what happened there. That has been uh, that system, Steve, has been a problem for a long time. And both uh, election experts on the right and left have objected to that. People ignored those objections. And what happened in Northampton is what people have been warning about for a very long time. It's not alone, but it's the first time it happened in that county. And it is weird because Northampton votes identically almost to Erie County, which is all the way out west in the northwestern part of the state. But especially for presidential elections, they are identical. So you swing one, you swing the other. It's one of only two pivot counties in the entire state. And right now in our Pennsylvania poll, uh, Trump was leading there. It was actually a matter of whether he would take Lackawanna and Monroe from uh, Joe Biden. But Northampton was definitely in the Trump column. Um, but I would say this. there are People, every time we release 
increase these polls. We hear this from people. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, people, uh, they could just steal the election anyway. And I understand people's concerns. But this is what I would say to that. You can't stop it. Now, you're not going to stop. And I'm talking about people being nefarious and cheating. There are There's cheating every election. The only question is whether it's widespread enough to overcome the or change the outcome. The only way you can't stop it, but you can beat it. And you can beat it through overwhelming participation, along with keeping your eye on stuff like what happened in Northampton. But this is why the Trump or bus voter is so critical. Low propensity voters who stay home. Guess what, folks? Your ballot is now on the table. If that guy, if that 38 year old in Shelby County, Ohio, does not vote, maybe somebody will show up on his door and fill in his ballot for him. That's how this works, Steve. That's how this goes. So, you know, I, yeah, we have to, we have, we, we, we need to. We need the effort. We got to do it all. We need the effort of get yep. out to vote to get to the low propensity Trump voters. So this could give us an overwhelming landslide victory. We need to do that. Also, we've got to get realistic um, that people are discouraged that, you know, where's the action and things are going on and happening. And there'll be more about that in the days and weeks ahead. But Mark Elias and these guys are relentless for looking for every edge possible, relentless about about doing that. Richard, where do people go to get to all your, because you're putting out, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you got Minnesota and Wisconsin still to go, the Rust Rust Belt states? That's right. Minnesota today, Wisconsin tomorrow. Got a lot coming out. And then to time to digest this. Can you (laughs) share? Yeah. No, it's it's huge. Can you give a little, show us a little ankle on Minnesota? I can. Minnesota, our final poll in 2020 was Biden plus 10. I'm giving you this for context. Um, He won by seven. So we overstated Biden by a few points there. Uh, Minnesota is very close. It's within the sampling era. If you include all the five candidates, I'll just tell you this. If you include all the five candidates, Trump can beat Joe Biden in Minnesota. Head to head, it's very close. But but again, look, if I'm Joe Biden, I'm leading by a point. And 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 change in Minnesota, you know, you're in deep trouble, Steve. And I'm telling you, some of those counties like Washington, we were bringing up Olmstead, Winona. uh, They are they are looking very different to us in the polling than it did in 2020. In 2020, it didn't look close. It honestly didn't. It looked like it was a Biden state. And that was it Um, this time around. I would say because we did have Minnesota close in 16. We had uh, Clinton winning it by two. Uh, it's closer than that right now, Steve. It's coin toss. It's coin toss. It's incredible. Okay. Um, where do they go to get to big data? Where do they go to get to all yeah. your – and look at the cross tabs. They can see for themselves how the math plays out. Yeah. They can go to bigdatapoll.com and check it out. Scroll down. You'll see everything we've been releasing and doing. But the best place, of course, to follow us on locals, peoplespundit.locals.com. That's the central hub for all things uh, all things big data poll, people's pundit. If you go there, you'll get it first. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you taking an hour out of your time to do this today. Happy and all the great day, polling in the Rust Belt. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Eighth decade is when you throw caution to the wind, right? Um, I want to go back to Arizona. Master Sergeant Jack Donna. Master Sergeant, you're, you were awarded the Knowlton Award, which is one of the most high, high prestige for the intelligence service as a senior non-commissioned officer. Why are you and a group of your fellow guy, fellow folks involved in thinking through election integrity and to make sure the vote is actually fair and secure for everybody, Democrats, independents, and Republicans. What's driven you to this? Well, first, I'd like to thank you, Mr. Bannon, for having me on. I appreciate it very much. 
Um, I'd like to say that I, we're a group of silent centurions that are no longer silent. Uh, local action equals national impact. And so we decided about two, two and a half years ago to coalesce together. We're a group of intelligence professionals and law enforcement. We didn't like what we were seeing going on in Arizona, and we haven't seen any effective changes. Um, in particular, what happened in Pinal County in 2022, uh, there was, in our opinion, malfeasance and incompetence, possibly criminal activity. Uh, one name continues to keep coming up over and over again is uh, the county attorney, Mr. Volkmer. And I, I ask everyone to go to the Arizona Sun-Times. The report by Rachel Alexander was thoroughly vetted by it. These are their own words. The source document for our analysis is the actual words of Mr. Volkmer and the Board of Supervisors as all of this is transpiring. So there is definitely something wrong in our election system in the state of Arizona. This is happening in Pinal County. It's likely happening in other counties as well. And until the courts, which appear to be in coordination with uh, private law firms, state bar, uh, there's a, appears to be a coordinated effort to stop all means of redress, you know, for the citizen citizenry. Okay. Uh, you've got Brian Bland, Harry Lakes. Yes, sir. Yeah, Master just hang on one second. We're going to take a 90-second break. We're going to return. Master Sergeant Jack Donna, part of a group that's looking into this in Arizona. Short break. Back in a moment. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. Done with debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's done to debt dot com done with debt.com go there today action 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 stop the worrying take action folks let me tell you about salty it's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart while covid gets all the headlines it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 americans every year yes heart disease is the number one killer Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. 
That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.